This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to Blurring the Lines podcast. It is episode 58, and I am your host, Adam Bell, and joining me always is my host, co-host today, Peter Nicolaitis. Good afternoon. <laughs> afternoon, Peter. How are you today? I'm feeling evil. You're feeling evil? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, it's a good thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. I'm feeling evil, but I'm feeling like I need a little inspiration because at heart, I don't think I'm really evil. So <laughs> I need some guidelines, some recommendations. Well, well, luckily, there's a compiled list, and I, I think we'll get to uh, get some guidelines out of how to be a good evil overlord. Excellent. <laughs> but before we do that, before we do, <laughs> how's everything going? How's your week been? It's been good. It's been good. The weather's been nice down here. I had, well, so we saw the eclipse on Monday. That mm-hmm. was that was really awesome. I don't know if it was awesome where you were, it but was it kind of underwhelming up here. <laughs> it it was really awesome. So it, I mean, because we were almost dead center of the path uh i mean we're just slightly off center uh you know so we got two and a half minutes of full eclipse and it was it was really cool it looked like the pictures i mean the you know you got this white aura and then this like crown of white blossoming out from that and it was and it was really cool. The temperature did, went down by like ten degrees and Wow. <laughs> did you use the uh, use this as a marketing opportunity and like tell any of your clients that hey, you know, there's a coming apocalypse if your data isn't backed up, <laughs> you know, the first sign will be that the sun is blotted out and you know. No, no, I oh, mean you the, missed the, your chance, man. The I I did send out a witty email letting everybody know that we were observing the eclipse <laughs> as a holiday <laughs> okay <laughs> all right then <sighs> nobody commented it was so lame nobody, nobody even bothered they're like it didn't uh-huh. even get a sad trombone <laughs> all right what else we got <clears throat> well uh that was it for well and i slept on an air mattress on sunday night in a tent and uh tweaked my back somehow so it's still a little little off today but much better (laughs) i've I've done similar things myself yeah it's like was it it was an awesome krav maga injury where you were fighting five guys no i i I rolled over (laughs) like really fast you fell off the bed no really (laughs) slow (laughs) i I turned from left to right and it creaked (laughs) well a friend of mine who's a doctor he he rolled over like that in the middle of the night and his neck broke oh jesus (laughs) <laughs> I mean, wow! Not like, not like killing him broke or like special forces broke, but you know that he had a bulging disc and it'd been bothering him. And when he rolled over, it 
finally broke. I was going to say, it really started to bother him? <laughs> really started to bother him. So. Oh, boy. So it wasn't that bad. That's, I didn't I didn't break my neck. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's good. That's good. <laughs> well, before we uh, get into the evil overlord, I want to hit our trivia question from last week. Mm-hmm. So, which artist painted a mustache and goatee on the Mona Lisa? Did you know that? Uh, I did, no. I no, no I, I, I had no idea either. Uh, Marcel Duchamp. Duchamp. Duchamp, okay. Uh, All right. And, and then I was like, is that a man or a woman? And it's a man. <laughs> 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 glad you found that out for us That's good. That's good. <laughs> he's a man or he he's was a man, a man. He, he's he a man. he's since deceased <laughs> when he was among us he was a man <laughs> and and then i was i was thinking about maybe a future episode um i wanted to get this in your in your thoughts and maybe we can spin it around is artificial intelligence um Maybe we have a conversation about artificial intelligence. Because uh, I noticed, well, I play, I used to play a lot more games, but I played um, StarCraft II recently. I finished okay. the the second campaign, which mm-hmm. I know it's been out for years, but mm-hmm. Came there out was. 2008, if I recall, or 9. Well, yeah, well, that was the. the uh, the game, but then there was a second, the Queen of Blades, uh, the second part of the campaign on that. Okay. So I hadn't played the second part of the campaign, which was actually, by the way, really cool and was fun. Um, it's not a very, uh, I mean, it's it, it's funny. These games are all based around uh, around revenge. I mean, there's no forgive and forget among. <laughs> the the gaming community doesn't know about forgive and forget (laughs) they're about revenge yeah they're they're definitely more of uh more of the kung fu theater than uh good christian values (laughs) yeah so but anyway while i was on there i noticed that uh blizzard had a starcraft api and Mm -hmm. i was like why would you need an api for starcraft 2 i mean what are you pulling out of it or putting into it and what they're actually doing is they're doing ai artificial intelligence testing and building they're doing it more along the lines of gaming you know having good strong ai for to compete against humans for gaming but i was like we ought to talk about that because i was thinking about um Alexa in all this development that gets put into this product. I was like, they sure are developing a lot of things that it will do. And I wondered if there was uh, intention of, I don't know, some sort of AI uh, assistant in plan or in process. And <laughs> they're, they're gathering information. <laughs> and processing I and programming. I'm not, I'm, not, uh, I'm not familiar with the Blizzard roadmap, but I know like everybody and his brother is doing AI these days. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So on that side note, before we leave the um, uh, StarCraft thing, I uh, first thing is that the original StarCraft is now free. You oh, can it's download free. it. Blizzard, you know, open it up and you can get it for free. 
Uh, you only had to wait like, you know, what, 17 years or 20, 20 years or so, and now yeah. it's free. So those of you who wasted your money on the original, <laughs> You should have held out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did buy the second one, and I played it one time, and that was it. <laughs> it was like, oh, man. It's like, yeah, it, it was so similar. It was it was really the same game. I don't even know, like, you know, game mechanics-wise, I can't even remember what, if anything, had changed. But yeah. um, it was, you know, it was fun. It's just I was at a stage in my life where I didn't have a lot of time to play stuff, so I didn't mm. really do much with that. Yeah, my but. Star, my original StarCraft disc is over here in my drawer. Yep, here <laughs> it is, the StarCraft and the expansion set brood wars brood wars that's right there you go because i remember i i definitely liked playing the protoss the most they were oh, fun yeah. see i was a zerg yeah I, I, yeah I, most of my friends either liked the zerg rush or the humans but i like the protoss i really love the shields and i love the carriers you know, when when the carriers, I would I would come in and you know, they, I would I would always be like a low a slow start. Mm-hmm. So if somebody would go, was gonna rush me early in, I was done. Yeah. So I liked maps where we had a lot of space. You mm-hmm. know, preferably like a lot of terrain that you would have to mine through to get to me. Yeah. Because I was building my carriers, and then <laughs> you know, like all that's happening, and like we've got all this insulation, this is great, and then my fleet of carriers would arrive, and I would have <laughs> all of them just swarm on stuff so. with the big yellow worms uh, what were they uh, called oh, i don't even remember <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah oh yeah i can't think of their names either well that's i i did i didn't enjoy gaming because i did i was in oh i was in a guild and all that at, at that time a starcraft and uh i didn't like that type of gaming either it was just at the rush, whoever can most quickly gather the exact number of minerals to send their zergling rush or whatever. I was like, this is like tic-tac-toe. It's becomes, it's so down to, you know, just these things. It's tic-tac-toe. If I get my mineral first here, I'm going to beat you. There's nothing you can do to stop it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't yeah, enjoy that. So I always liked to, if I was going to play with somebody, I'd play with friends and we'd have like, okay, you have four minutes to build before you mm-hmm. can send the first attack. A, mm-hmm. I mean, you could, you could be mapping and, you know, things like that, but don't attack me for four minutes. <laughs> Give me a little bit of time. Let's make it interesting. <laughs> How yep. interesting is it? You got beat for three <laughs> you know i mean like they had four characters and you had three and they won how fun right. was that <laughs> yeah no so i've fun. got i've got 125 troops you got 125 now let's fight <laughs> right that's a little yeah. more more of a build-up you know uh-huh. <laughs> cool oh, so, should we move on to our main topic we should move on to our main topic all right so evil overlording Mm-hmm. And um, this is a uh, this is this is coming from a website. Uh, there's a nice gentleman named <clears throat> excuse me Peter. Uh, what the heck was it? Uh, hold on a second here. Call up the show notes because I've just <laughs> closed the window by accident. <sighs> Peter's evil overlord list. So this is coming from eviloverlord.com. Peter uh, Anspach. I'm guessing is how you pronounce his name. So um, this is, uh, we're coming to you, this is 20 years ago, this guy published this on the internet, 1997. Um, We're not altering it in any way. 
and we are attaching this copyright notice that the evil overlord list is copyright 1996-1997 by Peter Ann Spotch. And that's that. Mm-hmm. So, so um, if you have paid any sort of attention to fiction, and it doesn't really matter what kind of fiction it is, you've probably seen evil evil bad guys, evil geniuses, evil overlords doing stupid things. <laughs> so this guy decided to sit down and um, essentially give some career advice to evil overlords. So I'm going to read the intro real quick. And then uh, Adam and I will run down the top 100 things that I'd do if I ever became an evil overlord for your listening pleasure. Being an evil overlord seems to be a good career choice. It pays well, there are all sorts of perks, and you can set your own hours. However, every evil overlord I've read about in books or seen in movies invariably gets overthrown (coughs) and destroyed in the end. I've noticed that no matter whether they are barbarian lords, deranged wizards, mad scientists, or alien invaders, they always seem to make the same basic mistakes every single time. With that in mind, allow me to present the top 100 things I'd do if I ever became an evil overlord. Insert maniacal laugh here. (laughs) (laughs) So I will kick us off. Number one, my legions of terror will have helmets with clear plexiglass visors, not face concealing ones. (laughs) My ventilation ducts Will be Why don't you read the numbers so two. people know how we're going along? Sorry. Thank two. You. <laughs> My ventilation ducts will be too small to crawl through. Number three. My noble half-brother, whose throne I usurped, will be killed, not kept anonymously imprisoned in a forgotten cell of my dungeon. <laughs> Number four. Shooting is not too good for my enemies. Five. The artifact, which is the source of my power, will not be kept on the mountain of despair beyond the river of fire, guarded by the dragons of eternity. It will be kept in my safe deposit box. The same applies to the object, which is my one weakness. (laughs) Number six, I will not gloat over my enemy's predicament before killing them. Seven, when I've captured my adversary and he says, look, before you kill me, will you at least tell me what this is all about i'll say no and shoot him no on second thought i'll shoot him and then say no (laughs) number eight after i kidnap the beautiful princess we will be married immediately in a quiet ceremony not a lavish spectacle in three weeks time during which the final phase of my plan will be carried out Nine, I will not include a self-destruct mechanism unless absolutely necessary. If it is necessary, I will not, it will not be a large red button labeled danger, do not push. The big red button marked do not push will instead trigger a spray of bullets at anyone stupid enough to disregard it. Similarly, the on off switch will not be clearly labeled as such. Number 10, I will not interrogate my enemies in the inner sanctum. A small hotel well outside my borders will work just as well. 11. I will be secure in my superiority. Therefore, I will feel no need to prove it by leaving clues in the form of riddles or leaving my weaker enemies alive to show they pose no threat. (laughs) Number 12. 
One of my advisors will be an average five-year-old child. Any flaws in my plan that he is able to spot will be corrected before implementation. (laughs) Number 13. All slain enemies will be cremated or at least have several rounds of ammunition emptied into them and not left for dead at the bottom of the cliff. The announcement of their deaths, as well as any accompanying celebration, will be deferred until after the aforementioned disposal. Number 14. The hero is not entitled to a last kiss, last cigarette, or any form of last request. 15. I will never employ any device with a digital countdown. If I find such a device is absolutely unavoidable, I will set it to activate when the counter reaches 117 and the hero is just putting his plan into operation. (laughs) Number 16. I will never utter the sentence... I will never utter the sentence, but before I kill you, there's just one thing I want to know. (laughs) 17. When I employ people as advisors, I will occasionally listen to their advice. (laughs) Number 18. I will not have a son, although his laughably underplanned attempt to assert power would easily fail, it would provide a fatal distraction at at a crucial point in time. 19. I will not have a daughter. She would be as beautiful as she is evil, but one look at the hero's rugged countenance and she'd betray her own father. (laughs) Number 20. Despite its proven stress-relieving effect, I will not indulge in maniacal laughter. Oh. When so occupied, it is too easy to miss unexpected developments that a more attentive individual could adjust to (laughs) accordingly. (laughs) 21. I will hire a talented fashion designer to create original uniforms for my legions of terror, as opposed to some cheap knockoffs that make them look like Nazi stormtroopers, Roman foot soldiers, or savage Mongol hordes. All were eventually defeated, and I want my troops to have a more positive mindset. Number 22. No matter how tempted I am with the prospect of unlimited power, I will not consume any any energy field bigger than my head. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 23. I will keep a special cache of low-tech weapons and train my troops on their use. That way, even if the heroes manage to neutralize my power generator and or render the standard-issue energy weapons useless, my troops will not be overrun by a handful of savages armed with spears and rocks. Number 24. I will maintain a realistic assessment of my strengths and weaknesses. Even though this takes some fun out of the job, I will at least never utter the line, No, this cannot be. I am invincible. After that, death is usually instantaneous. (laughs) 25. No matter how well it would perform, I will never construct any sort of machinery which is completely indestructible, except for one small, virtually inaccessible, vulnerable spot. (laughs) Number 26, no matter how attractive certain members of the rebellion are, there's probably someone just as attractive who is not desperate to kill me. Therefore, I will think twice before ordering a prisoner to be sent to my bedchamber. <laughs> 27, I will never build one of anything important. <laughs> All important systems will have redundant control panels and power supplies. For the same reason, I will always carry at least two fully loaded weapons at all times 
<laughs> Number 28. My pet monster will be kept in a secure cage from which it cannot escape and into which I cannot accidentally stumble. <laughs> 29. I will dress in bright and cheery colors so as to throw my enemies into confusion. <laughs> nice. Number 30. All bumbling conjurers, clumsy squires, no talent bards, and cowardly thieves in the land will be preemptively put to death. My foes will surely give up and abandon their quest if abandon their quest if they have no source of comic relief. Surely. <laughs> 31. All naive, busty tavern wenches in my realm will be replaced with surly, world-weary waitresses who will provide no unexpected reinforcement and or romantic subplot for the hero or his sidekick. <laughs> Number 32. I will not fly into a rage and kill a messenger who brings me bad news just to illustrate how evil I really am. Good messengers are hard to come by. Yeah, especially if you kill them all, right? <laughs> yeah. 33. I won't require high-ranking female members of my organization to wear a stainless, stainless steel bustier. Morale is better with a more casual dress code. Similarly, outfits made entirely from black leather will be reserved for formal occasions. <laughs> Number 34. I will not turn into a snake. It never helps. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Oh, boy. 35. I will not grow a goatee. Oh, wait a minute. That's a problem. Uh-oh. <laughs> In the old days, they made you look diabolic. Now, they just look, make you look like a disaffected member of Generation X. Oh, that that's mean. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's hurtful. That's something an evil overlord would say. <laughs> Number 36. I will not imprison members of the same party in, a sa in the same cell block, let alone the same cell. If they are important prisoners, I will keep the only key to the cell door on my person instead of handing out copies to every bottom-rung guard in the prison. <laughs> 37. If my trusted lieutenant tells me the legions of terror are losing a battle, I will believe him. After all, he's my trusted lieutenant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number 38, if an enemy I have just killed has a younger sibling or offspring anywhere, I will find them and have them killed immediately instead of waiting for them to grow up, harboring feelings of vengeance towards me in my old age. That one seems clever. Mm -hmm. If I absolutely must ride into battle, I will certainly not ride at the forefront of my legions of terror, nor will I seek out my opposite number in his army. Yeah. 40. I will be neither chivalrous nor sporting. If I have an unstoppable super weapon, I will use it as early and as often as possible instead of keeping it in reserve. There you go. Yeah. 41. Once my power is secure, I will destroy all those pesky time travel devices. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 42. When I capture the hero, I will make sure to also get his dog monkey, ferret, or whatever sickeningly, sickeningly cute animal capable of untying ropes and filching keys happens to follow him around. Nice. Always kill the sidekicks. <laughs> 43. I will maintain a healthy amount of skepticism when I capture the beautiful rebel and she claims she's attracted to my power and good looks and will gladly betray her companions if I just tell her my plans. Yes. <laughs> 
44. I will only employ bounty hunters who work for money. Those who work for pleasure of the hunt tend to do dumb things, like even the odds to give the other guy a sporting chance. (laughs) (laughs) I am not (laughs) left-handed. 45. I am am not left-handed either. (laughs) I will make sure I have a clear understanding of who is responsible for what in my organization. For example, if my general screws up and uh, I will not draw my weapon, point it at him, and say, and here is the price for failure, then suddenly turn and kill some random underling. <laughs> 46. If an advisor says to me, my liege, he is but one man, what can one man possibly do? I will reply this, and kill the advisor. <laughs> <laughs> If I learn that a callow, sorry, 47, if I learn that a callow youth has begun a quest to destroy me, I will slay him while he is still a callow youth instead of waiting for him to mature. (laughs) Uh, 48, I will treat any beast which I control through magic or technology with respect and kindness. Thus, if the control is ever broken, it will not immediately come after me for revenge. Forty-nine. I learn if I learn the whereabouts of the one artifact which can destroy me, I will not send all my troops out to seize it. Instead, I will send them all out to seize something else and quietly put a want ad in the local paper. <laughs> all right. Number fifty. My main computers will have their own special operating system that will be completely inp- incompatible with the standard IBM and Macintosh <laughs> power books. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike the uh, atali- attacking aliens in uh, Independence Day, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> 51. If one of my dungeon guards begins expressing concern over conditions in the beautiful princess's cell, I will immediately transfer him to a less people-oriented position. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Number 52. I will hire a team of board-certified architects and surveyors to examine my castle and inform me of any secret passages and abandoned (laughs) tunnels that I might not know about. (laughs) 53. If the beautiful princess that I capture says, I will never marry you. Never, do you hear me? Never! I will say, oh well, and kill her. (laughs) Yes. No, you will love me. (laughs) Okay. 54. I will not strike a bargain with a demonic being that has attempted to double-cross it. Oh, sorry. I'll just start that over. I will not strike a bargain with a demonic being, then attempt to double-cross it, simply because I feel like being contrary. (laughs) 55. The deformed mutants and oddball psychotics will have their place in my legions of terror. However, before I send them out on important covert missions that require tact and subtlety, I will first see if there's anyone else equally qualified who will be who would attract less attention. <laughs> yeah. Oh. 56. My legions of terror will be trained in basic marksmanship. Anyone who cannot hit a man-sized target at 10 meters will be used for target practice. <laughs> Did you hear that, Darth Vader? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 57. Before employing any captured artifacts or machinery, I will carefully read the owner's manual. Nice. 58. If it becomes necessary to escape, I will never stop to to pose dramatically and then toss off a (laughs) one-liner. 
59. I will never build a sentient computer smarter than I am. Nice. (laughs) Alexa? Yeah. Number 60, my five-year-old child advisor will also be asked to decipher any code that I'm thinking of using. If he breaks the code in under 30 seconds, it will not be used. Note, this also applies to passwords. Yes, that's the, there you go. <laughs> I've, I've talked about that one too much. <laughs> yeah. 61, if my advisors ask, why are you risking everything in such a mad scheme... I will not proceed until I have a response that satisfies them. Yeah. Mm. 62. I will design fortress hallways with no alcoves or protruding structural supports, which intruders could use for cover in a firefight. (laughs) Awesome. 63. Bulk trash will be disposed of in incinerators, not compactors, and they will be kept hot with none of that nonsense about flames going through accessible tunnels at predictable intervals. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 64. I will see a competent psychiatrist and get cured of all extremely unusual phobias and bizarre compulsive habits, which could prove to be a disadvantage. 65. If I must have computer systems with publicly available terminals, the maps they display of my complex will have a room clearly marked as the main control room. That room will be the execution chamber. The actual main control room will be marked as sewage overflow containment. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Number 66. My security key bad keypad will actually be a fingerprint scanner. Anyone who watches someone press a sequence of buttons or dust the pad for fingerprints then subsequently tries to enter by repeating the sequence that will trigger the alarm system. That sounds cool. That is kind of smart. (laughs) 67. No matter how many shorts we have in the system my my guards will be instructed to treat every surveillance camera malfunction as a full scale emergency. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Number 68. I will spare someone who saved my life sometime in the past. This is only reasonable as it encourages others to do so. However, however, the offer is good one time only. If they spare me, if they want to spare, oh my goodness. If they want me to spare them again, they'd better save my life again. (laughs) 69. All midwives will be banned from the realm. All babies will be delivered at state-approved hospitals. Orphans will be placed in foster homes, not abandoned in the woods to be raised by creatures of the wild. Yes. Uh, Number 70. When my guards split up to search for intruders, they will always travel in groups of at least two. They will be trained so that if one of them disappears mysteriously while on patrol, the other will immediately initiate an alert and call for backup, instead of quizzically peering around a corner. (laughs) 71. If I decide to test the lieutenant's loyalty and see if he slash she should be made a trusted lieutenant, I will have a crack squad of marksmen standing by in case the answer is no. (laughs) Yeah. Number 72. If all the heroes are standing together around a strange device and begin to taunt me, I will pull out a conventional weapon instead of using my unstoppable super weapon on them. (laughs) 
73. I will not agree to let heroes go free if they win a rigged contest, even though my advisors assured me that it's impossible for them to win. <laughs> yes. Number 74. When I create a multimedia presentation of my plan designed so that my five-year-old advisor can easily understand the details, I will not label the disc Project Overlord and leave it lying on top of my desk. <laughs> nice. <laughs> 75. I will instruct my legions of terror to attack the hero en masse instead of standing around waiting while members break off and attack one or two at a time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Number 76. If the hero runs up to my roof... I will not run up after him and struggle with him in an attempt to push him over the edge. I will also not engage him at the edge of a cliff. In the middle of a rope bridge over a river of molten lava is not even worth considering. <laughs> 77. If I have a fit of temporary insanity and decide to give the hero the chance to reject a job as my trusted lieutenant, I will retain enough sanity to wait until my current <laughs> trusted lieutenant is out of earshot before making the offer. Yes. <laughs> Uh, 78. I will not tell my legions of terror, and he must be taken alive. The command will be, and try to take him alive, if it's reasonably practical. Awesome. <laughs> 79. If my doomsday device happens to come with a reverse switch, as soon as it has been employed, it will be melted down and made into a limited edition commemorative coins. <laughs> uh, number 80. If my weakest troops fail to eliminate a hero, I will send out my best troops instead of wasting time with progressively stronger ones as he gets closer <laughs> and closer to my fortress. <laughs> 81. If I'm fighting with the hero atop a moving platform, have disarmed him, and I'm about to finish him off, and he glances behind me and drops flat, I too will drop flat, instead of quizzically turning around to find out what he saw. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. I like that. Huh? <laughs> Number 82. I will not shoot at any of my enemies if he is standing in front of the crucial support beam to a heavy, dangerous, unbalanced structure. <laughs> 83 if i'm eating dinner with the hero put poison in his goblet and then have to leave the table for any reason i will order new drinks for both of us instead of trying to decide whether or not to switch with him <laughs> 84 i will not have captives of one sex guarded by members of the opposite sex <laughs> 85. I will not use any plan in which the final step is horribly complicated, e.g. align the 12 stones of power on the sacred altar, then activate the medallion at the moment of total eclipse. Instead, it will be more along the lines of push the button. <laughs> yep. <laughs> push the button. 86. I will make sure that my doomsday device is up to code and properly grounded. 87. My vats of hazardous chemicals will be covered when not in use. Also, I will not construct walkways above them. <laughs> yes. That's, hey. that's just, you know, OSHA. Yeah. yeah. You know, basic, OSHA for henchmen. Basic, <laughs> basic safety. 88. If a group of henchmen fail miserably at a task, I will not berate them for incompetence, then, saying, then send the same group out to try the task again. <laughs> 
<laughs> you guys suck. We'll give you one more chance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 89. After I capture the hero's super weapon, I will not immediately disband my legions, relax my guard, because I believe whoever holds the weapon is unstoppable. After all, the hero held the weapon, and I took it from him. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 90. I want to design my main control room so that every workstation is facing away from the door. <laughs> 91. I will not ignore the messenger that stumbles in, exhausted, and obviously agitated until my personal grooming or current enta- entertainment is finished. It might actually be important. <laughs> yeah. 92. If I ever talk to the hero on the phone, I will not taunt him. Instead, I will say, this I will say this is his dogged perseverance has given me a new insight on the futility of my evil ways and that if he leaves me alone for a few months of quiet contemplation, I will likely return to the path of righteousness. Heroes are incredibly gullible in this regard. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, Captain America, you are correct. (laughs) We Nazis are wrong. I have seen the light. Thank you. Red Skull. (laughs) <laughs> 93 if i decide to hold a double execution of the hero and an underling who failed or betrayed me i will see to it that the hero is scheduled to go first yes 94 when arresting prisoners my guards will not allow them to stop and grab a useless trinket of purely <laughs> sentimental value <laughs> 95 my dungeon will have its own qualified medical staff complete with bodyguards that way, if a prisoner becomes sick and his cellmate tells the guard it's an emergency, the guard will fetch a trauma team instead of opening up the cell for a look. <laughs> yes. 96. My door me- mechanisms will be designed so that blasting the control panel outside of the seal outside seals the door and blasting the control panel on the inside opens the door, not vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> 97. My dungeon cells will not be furnished with objects that contain reflective services or anything that can be unraveled. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 98. If an attractive young couple enters my realm, I will carefully monitor their activities. If I find that they are happy and affectionate, I will ignore them. However, if circumstances have forced them together against their will and they spend all their time bickering and criticizing each other, except each other except during intermittent occasions when they're saving each other's lives at which point there are hints of sexual tension i will immediately order their execution (laughs) 99 and this one's a little bit dated yeah any data file of crucial importance will be padded to 1.45 megabytes in size yes (laughs) 100 Finally, to keep my subjects permanently locked in a mindless trance, I will provide each of them with free unlimited internet access. (laughs) (laughs) And he finishes by saying, of course, these are merely the top 100 things I'd do. Other Mm -hmm. suggestions have been sent to me, which didn't quite make the top 100 list. But, uh, you know, there you go. So, <laughs> well, I was, he's, oh, well, I'm sorry, I finished that. But he says, but they are still so good that I couldn't bear to throw them out. Therefore, as an expression of gratitude, I have tossed them into dot, dot, dot. And um, there's like more stuff. There's a cell block A and cell block B. We'll just nice. link to those in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was looking at the year. So Austin Powers came out in 97, which was the same year that this was compiled and 
I think of the scene where you know he's going to throw Austin in with the sharks with lasers and and Scott lasers. says laser beams. <laughs> sea no sea bass. They didn't have sharks. It was, I wanted want <laughs> sea bass. He said you're not going to stay and watch? No, no. I'll let the, I'll let, I'll just let it happen. He's like no, this is when he gets away. Come on, let's go. Sh- we'll shoot him. <laughs> we'll do it together. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. Yep. There's a lot of, a lot of evil overlording. A lot of people make a, a bunch of really screwy ideas, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, the willful suspense of disbelief. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, cool. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Anything else or should we wrap it up? Uh, well, you have a trivia question for the day. I do have a trivia question for the day. So the question is, what are the plastic tips on the end of shoes called? And what are their purpose, according to a member of the Justice League? What are the plastic tips on the end of shoelaces called? And what are their purpose, according to a member of the Justice League? Nice. I'm really curious to see if anyone gets that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a clue, but yeah. I'll have to think about that one. <laughs> yeah. That was that was a fun one. Yeah, yeah. cool. Did uh, well? Did you have a nifty? Uh, no, but you did. Well, I I did, um, but it, it's not as nifty as I thought. But it is kind of <laughs> kind of uh, witty, and that's that the the echo the echo dot. Is it the echo? That's the little yep. one, right? Yeah, the dot, where they've got the flush mount in the drywall, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. Uh, and then I looked into it, and it was really just cutting a hole and sinking a dot in the wall with flush-mounted pr- plastic. But they yeah. they mm-hmm. did make it a little bit better in that, uh, you know, that cup shape behind it will project the sound better than a dot oh. would originally so okay. i did i did some reading on that because i i've i've noticed i mean other people have noticed that as well there are designed like cups or not like cups it's kind of like a a concave a mini amphitheater if you will mm-hmm. <laughs> where you can like stick your iphone in with no speakers and you just sit it in there and it amplifies a sound towards you so they're kind of doing the same thing yeah. uh, with the dot, which is cool. Uh, I've done that myself when I've had um, when I've had um, uh, like I mean, in somewhat noisy area, and I didn't have my headset or for, or speakers or for whatever reason, mm-hmm. you just drop your iPhone into a coffee cup. Yeah, and it amplifies the sound tremendously. So. Yeah, and I like to do that uh, at my sink when I'm washing dishes. I'll just uh, point it towards the the window. Mm-hmm. And it'll blast it right back at me at larger sound, which is pretty cool. Yep. <laughs> but the, the the drawback to that that flush mount w- with any device is getting power to it because they didn't adjust the power. They didn't provide any different power. So you're yeah. yeah. You still got to wire it inside. You need to like run a USB cable in the wall. Yeah. And I yeah. wonder if that, like, if that uh, meets, you know, like, UL listing or uh, fire or safety code and stuff. I don't know. I could see that being a, pro- a potential concern. Uh, yeah. But the, I I think it's okay because mm-hmm. the, the USB is such low voltage and mm-hmm. it is insulated in a way that is FCC compliant. Yeah. 
but I don't know if applying that same if the FCC compliance equals going down a wall inside a house construction. Yeah. Which yeah, probably in yeah. New Hampshire and you guys are probably pretty strict. <laughs> I'm in Massachusetts. There too. <laughs> really strict in Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah. Massachusetts there. They're probably strict. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would say that it's it would be no different than running it on the outside of the wall as far as the mm-hmm. safety of it. But it's still you know, you got to find a plug because you, you still have to run it as a plug unless you have an electrician mount a plug inside the wall for you, which I don't mm-hmm. think you can do. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, yeah, it's, it's a neat idea, but I'm for now I'm, I'm, I'm okay having my, uh, my echo dot just kind of like sitting on a shelf, mm-hmm. so. but it would be really easy in ceiling mounts because mm. if your ceiling mount, you know, you've got the attic above you and you've got lots of room for getting a plug up there. Or even mm-hmm. if you have a plug up there, you could just run an extension cord over, which would all be compliant, but might mess. You might have lots of wires running through your attic that you didn't want before. <laughs> right. So if you really, really want, you know, uh, Amazon to be able to spy on you, like from above, like the eye of Sauron, <laughs> yeah. you can do that. So. <sighs> all right, then. Cool. Well, I am going to roll and get back to work, and we'll uh, see what's going on uh, next week. That sounds great. All right. Later. Later, man. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Big red button. To contact either us or our guests, visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.